right, Music Man Mike with you here today. Uh, we are on BCB Live. This is Rockopedia. Me and the producer, every week we do this show, we have a special guest, and if we don't have a guest, we just make it up as we go along, right? Yeah, usually if we don't have a guest, we just <laughs> apologize for 20 minutes, and then we move on to the next one. Those days are show. over. We yeah. moved on, and uh, yeah, we're going to try to have more people on, on the show, talk about more things, uh, be a little more interesting, although I'm not going to take away from anything we've done in the past, because I don't care if we're talking about rad, I don't care if we're talking about the 80s, we still have a good time, and we got lots of people chiming yeah. in with that stuff. Definitely. It seems like we've uh, gotten this far, and it. I mean, if we're continuing to have the guests that we've gotten as of late, I think that... We're on a good trajectory. Now, the one thing that we did get away from, and, and I, I want to get back on track, we used to have the little Van Halen corner mm -hmm. where we did the uh, uh, just a five seconds or five minutes of Van Halen stories. We haven't done that for a while, so uh, let's get back on that. I don't know if today's guest has any Van Halen stories or not, but we're certainly going to try to squeeze one out of him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show my good friend from Better Than Ezra and many other bands and projects, Michael Jerome Moore. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm great. Good to see you both. And, and what city are you in this morning? Be on your show. What city are you in? Where are you at? Los Angeles. Los nice. Angeles, Los Cal Angeles, California. It's super sunny, and uh, we've got the sunflowers to prove it. Nice. <laughs> well, that's also a, that's also a Kansas connection, sir. Oh, don't I know it? Yeah, that's our that's our connection. That's one of our many there. connections. Yep, yeah, that's Kansas. Our, that's the Kansas state flower, by the way. Yeah, it is a state flower. I think the road runner is a state bird of Texas. So, uh, another, oh, of Texas. Okay. The, uh, the and the blue bell or the blue or blue bonnets. I think blue are bonnets Texas, are the yeah. Texas state flower. Totally different blue bonnets, sunflower. I don't know. You tell me. I know. <laughs> hey, hey. So uh, you're calling from California this morning? Like I said, welcome to the show. Tell us, Mike, what's been going on in the music world since the COVID thing happened a year ago? Oh, my God. A lot of processing. A lot of uh, day by day, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's everyone was dealing with the initial shock of what was happening around them. Yeah. Um, but I think as an artist, I think all artists were like, you know, probably lasted for about a week or so. Everyone just started diving. Yeah. What, what we do. Yeah. So I kind of put I kind of put you on the spot there, but really what it was was you know it's a year ago, and I'll tell you my part of it. I bought Rolling Stones tickets three months before this happened, and then the show was supposed to be a, a year from now, a year ago today actually, or this month, wow. May of 2020, and it got postponed. I didn't want a cancellation. I didn't want my money back. I just wanted to go to the show, and then reality starts setting. It's like there's not going to be a show, is there? And, and I still got those tickets. This is it, you know. Yeah. It turned into... Well, you know, it, we, we had a lot of... Uh, <clears throat> you had the world turn upside down on yeah. us for, in like a week. Yeah. You know, everybody who had was used to looking at full calendars, you know, watched everything they had scheduled, disappeared yeah. in, in a matter of days. So you, you didn't need a manager that anymore. Included, you didn't need a manager anymore. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, Michael, um, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I know you've worked with a ton of bands in the past, like we said, better than Ezra, um, people like Taj Mahal, even Richard Thompson. Uh, so to kind of go off the COVID topic here, uh, since you were working with a lot of these musicians, and that's kind of how you were bouncing around, it seems like at least in the music world, how did you make up for that over 
COVID? Did you do any work for people, like, say, tracking drums at your own place and then sending it out or anything like that? Or did you just kind of find a gig while you were, while you were at home? It was a little of every, all, all of the above, you know? Um, like I said, just processing and figuring out how to continue work, how to continue to work. Um, it was, uh, a lot of artists had already established, uh, doing virtual work, you know, working online and, you know, flying files in and out, as we say, um, people would call and say, Hey, can you play drums on this? And, um, fortunately that was something that was already established. So a lot of session work continued that way, and also just being, you know, being able to uh, dive into my own stuff, try to focus on being creative that way. Collaborations that weren't happening because we were all working you know, on the road or touring or whatever. So it just it really gave us, you know, as tragic as it all, everything been, it was uh, a huge opportunity advantage of and uh, I think produce even, even more uh, be more creative and uh, it's been fun it's been fun in that respect and you also you also have your monthly newsletter and I know you've addressed some of this every month just when it first happened like we're confused what are we doing and then when like you said the world got turned upside down reality you went in depth in your monthly newsletter with how you're feeling about it what you what you view the world as? I mean, very in, very introspective is what that was. Good reading. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you looking at that thing. Yeah. And you know, those are my random thoughts. And you know, they, they often they're often written at the very last minute. You know, um, and yeah, just you know, I, you know, I'm grateful people look at it. It's just that's my opinion and my thoughts about things. But I'm also just trying to. Something else to think about as well. You know, there's a lot out there, a lot of things out there. There's a lot of artists continuing to create. There's a lot of artists that you may never hear of uh, because they're not popular or whatever. And yeah. I love sharing other people's music and exploring and discovering new music. Well, like you said, it's your it's your last minute thoughts. Last at the last minute, you put it together and throw it together. Me and Dylan are living proof that that works. Yeah, <laughs> every week is thrown together, but you know what? Every week we somehow manage it. I, I, we haven't had a script once. I have like a handful. Uh, this of is probably the down. most. This is probably yeah. the most notes I've ever done. Yeah, and it's also yeah, a guy. I end, up, I end up getting a lot of good information from you guys. I'm just like, oh, weird. really? That happened? Wow. So, when was that? You know. So you're a fan. Were... So you're a fan of Rockopedia? Is that what you're saying? Is, I think that's what I'm saying, so guys. One, so we got one All fan. Right, we get we got one fan. Where's Way that, to go, where's guys. That, where's that bell at? Hey, yeah, we need we need a like an air horn or something. <laughs> yeah, let's let's ring on the halls of machine coffee cup. How's yes. that? So so for everybody watching right now or listening on Spotify, there's two ways to to, to listen to this the program. Uh, let me go a little bit more in detail because when I said Michael Jerome's going to be on the show, this guy got excited, did a backflip. Uh, a lot of people know who you are and what you do, but a lot of people don't. So let me tell let me tell you my side of the story, how me and Mike met, where he comes from, then he can go into detail and correct me where I'm wrong. Um, me and Mike have that Kansas connection. He held up the sunflowers because we're both from Wichita. Mike, were you born and raised there for a while? Okay. Yes, I was. Born in Wichita, lived there till I was 12. 
And the first time Mike and I met was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that was uh, in July, I'm sorry, June of 2009. And that was the very first, it's on paper, I hope it's correct, it's documented as being your first live show with Better Than Ezra. One of my first live shows, yes. Is, is with, that the with, fly, the the fly trap? The Fly Trap Music Hall in downtown Tulsa. That's right. <laughs> hey, and, and, and I don't know, this This was running through my head ever since we, we booked the show with you, like questions I'm going to ask you and then your memories and your recollections of it. I don't know if everything like blurs together or if you actually can dissect shows and remember different things about them. Do you do that? Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Yeah. You know, it so, just depends on what was, what was flowing that night, you know, yeah. or not. But... Like the show you're mentioning right now, I remember you and your beautiful wife there that night. So and talking to you guys. So and that was the first time we'd ever. That was the first time we'd ever met. And I think the reason that that we we made a connection was because we started talking, and you were the new guy. And we'd seen better than Ezra by that time, probably. Oh, we'd seen at least at least two shows before that that I know of. So we were fans already. And then here's the new guy coming in. We wanted to make you feel welcome. Obviously, that's just like our ambassadors. <laughs> and then you told us you're from which we were from which we told you we were from Wichita and you said, Yeah, I'm from Wichita too. I'm like, oh, okay, well here we go. This is pretty awesome. So I mean we drove down well, I from Wichita. My with Mike then, you know, so I'm like, I'm I'm good. Yeah. So <clears throat> we drove down from Wichita for that show and and got to meet you. Tyrone Tyrone Wells opened. Do you remember Tyrone Wells? Yes indeed, yeah. He, he's very good. I got some of that on video. He's he's very good. Uh, but let's move on. So after that, uh, it turned into be that year, that summer turned into be the summer of Michael Jerome Moore, because here's how we established our relationship. We got to see you two more times that summer just by coincidence. So we didn't forget each other. It wasn't two years later that I saw you. So the next time we saw you was in Albuquerque, and that was, uh, no, I'm sorry, in Kansas City, July. So one month later, we're in Kansas City at the Power and Light District. That's right. <laughs> now, so we live in Wichita. Kansas City's up here, Tulsa's down here. It's just a little short jaunt, so we, you know, why not go? So we went, saw you that second time. Uh, you were cordial enough again to make sure that my wife got a copy of the set list. Uh, Mike, Mike gave the, the, the guy working the stage, one of the roadies, the set list, and he pointed and said, make sure she gets that. He took it over. Now, they were nice. so busy that night. It was crazy busy that night. Hot outside, but it was a great night. And then uh, that's when we went to Albuquerque to visit. Coincidentally, we went to go visit a friend of mine, a uh, friend of Sandy's uh, uh, that lives down there, Rosalie Lopez, went to go visit her, and you guys were playing a place called the Sunshine Theater. And so we said, well, we're going to go see Better Than Ezra, Rosalie. I'm glad we're here to visit you for three days, but I'm going to see Better Than Ezra tonight. <laughs> so she dropped us off, and she went and did something else. And you probably don't remember this. Um, there were some technical difficulties at the beginning of the show you guys had there, like the first three or four songs, and Kevin was getting a little stressed out, I could tell. It was also the night of a big outdoor concert, and it was the reunion of, uh, who's Travis Barker play for? Blink-182. So Blink-182 yeah. got back together, and like everybody in Albuquerque went to that show. Nice. So only the cool people were at Better Than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> so, went, yeah. That so, was a fun night. <laughs> so we got, yeah, so we got to see you like three times in three months and talk to you every time. And that's kind of how we developed our relationship. And then after that, every time we saw each other after that, uh, I'm talking about uh, in Wichita at the zoo. Uh, you, played right. the, you played the Sedgwick County, County Zoo in Wichita. And right across the street was Player Sports Bar where Sandy and I worked for 15 years. So after the show was over, we went over there. We had dinner and drinks with Mike at, the, at our old sports bar we used to Very manage. Nice. And then uh, we saw you after that, House of Blues a couple times, and uh, 
the last time we saw Better Than Ezra, uh, we went to some theater downtown, civic theater downtown, and some guy comes out and plays the drums, it's not you. <laughs> I don't know if I gave you enough hell about that or not, but I was like, I, okay, I'm, I'm good with it, but come on, I came to see Mike. You know, that's, uh, I've been really blessed in my life. And one of the things is that being when I, when I, being able to call other drummers and, yeah. you know, plead for their assistance and can't do a show. And I've also been really blessed in, the, in respect to being able to do other projects that I'm obligated, you know, I had committed to rather. Uh, and, that I'm leaving tolerated. <laughs> um, it's not always easy to, to to be in a band and you know pull them aside and and and, and ask them and let them know that you know uh, is it okay if I take off on this show? It's something I, I got to do for another artist and. Um, and be okay with that. For younger, you left your, you know, if you wanted to do something else, it was just like, man, come on, man. Yeah. You're either with us, you know. <laughs> We're a gang. You, know, you gotta choose, you know, this is the band or else. Yeah. Pick something else, you're out, you know. Come on, don't um, you, <clears> you, you want to play the St. Louis, Nashville circuit or do you want to go overseas with Richard Thompson and see, <laughs> see the world? You know, I, you know, I've been playing with Richard since '99, and uh, that was my first real international gig um, with an English artist. I don't know, if you know anything about Richard Thompson. Oh yeah, I started a band in '67 called Fairport Connection, and uh, pretty much established a uh, very unique uh, folk sound electric folk music and spread you know, around the world. So um, later had his uh, made wonderful records with his Linda and Richard and Linda Thompson records. Was yeah. Most notable there. And then started his solo. So when I came along, I was on, you know, on the back end of a huge, huge, repertoire and legacy and um, just trying to fit in in 97 years old and um, it felt like a very instantly kind of welcomed in as family and uh, we froze up for a second but I think we're good now okay cool I was just saying that working with Richard has been one of the best uh, things ever. So, but when I take off and do those those shows with with Richard, or at the time it was was also in John Cale for a while, and um, I was working with John Cale and Richard Thompson, and then I joined Better Than It. And um, you know, those are some. They're all vastly different, and uh, the contrasts. You know, you won't find the. It's not like they have. There's not a lot of crossover audience there. It's three, 
different audience. Uh, but it was a blessing to be able to do all three for a moment. You know, it wasn't going to last forever. But, um, you know, to do that for a moment, you know, really lucky guy to, be able to try to do that and really understanding of dance and understanding. Well, you're not so much lucky, I think, as you are, number one, talented, number two, open-minded, because a lot of musicians don't have that open-mindedness. They'd rather sit around and complain that my kind of music isn't doing good right now instead of branching out and finding something, because if you're a good enough player, I don't care if it's you're a bass player or guitar player, you, you should be able to adapt to any kind of music to keep your the way of living going for yourself, your income coming in, you know, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't disagree with that you know i mean there's a hustle out there that all artists recognize i think everyone artists or not you, there's a hustle out there that you gotta recognize if you want to uh be successful or just you know have a decent life um, for yourself and um yeah but in addition to that i would say that i've always just had this love for music all any different styles and genres, um, moving towards playing with different artists and their style was super inviting to me because it just kind of helped me be a better artist. And it was it's fun. It's, it gives back to me as much as I, I give and put to it. <clears throat> well, and, and, I, and I can't speak for the other shows that, that you play because I've only seen you with one band and that's better than Ezra, but... You know, you are you're the Michael Jerome I know when you're on stage with them. Now, if I went to go see you with the other guys, I still know you. You're just not that you're not that same guy. You probably make different facial expressions. You know, I mean, <laughs> those guys those guys are over the top. They have a lot of fun, and you're right there with them doing it. You know, a guy like John Cale. You know, a guy. You know, uh, uh, those are all different kinds of shows. But if any of those guys went and attended a Better Than Ezra show, they say, "Oh yeah, I know that Mike. That's the funny Mike. That's the." You know, it's just your personalities. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, man. I mean, Kevin Griffin is probably one of the most entertaining front persons you're ever going to see. And he knows how to engage with, he knows his audience, he knows how to engage with his audience. Yeah. He knows how to have fun. There's definitely no doubt, no doubt he's been doing it since college because he's a, <laughs> he's a frat guy. He could get you going. Absolutely. <laughs> he can, and his fans love him, and there's a reason for that, you know. There's a reason. Yeah. The so girl, it's a fun show. And the girls don't mind him so much either. You know, I could imagine if, if you were a single guy out there, you might <laughs> go to a Christmas show. Or even a married guy. Some of those married guys get jealous. Easy. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so um, you were mentioning that being able to branch out into other music genres has really helped you grow as an artist as well. And a lot of people do say that. Um, I know Mike is a musician and I am as well and I know that one of the biggest things that's helped me like you said is branching out to those other genres and learning those new styles and seeing how those influences come into different genres of music so to go into that how did you transition yourself from being with Be Better Than Ezra to playing these folk bands and kind of making that switch over to that well, um, yeah, that's a good question. So actually, 
first. I was playing what we'd like to call in the 90s more of an industrial metal type genre. It was a band called Course of Empire in the 90s. When we broke up in 98, um, we kind of, I kind of transitioned back into things I was doing with, as a child with my mom, who was a concert pianist. And I played jazz standards and churches and birthday parties, country clubs, so on and so on with her until I was 17 years old in Wichita and Fort Worth, Fort Worth Palace, DFW area. And um, when I started playing with bands in the DFW area, it was everything pop to industrial metal. Then I joined, which was the electric folk, folk music scene. So that transition was pretty drastic. Uh, and then I joined Kale, and I was playing with a blind Alabama and working with different artists like Charlie Muscle, White, who's artist. Um, you know, who introduced me to a ton of, that's Cosmo Hall came into the scene. Harper uh, was producing a lot of stuff for Blind Boys at the time. Um, John Hammond Jr., David Lindley. Uh, so these artists were, you know, like icons and gifts to work with. Billy Preston, Luke Rubiard. These people all would come in and collaborate to to help make, uh, you know, were artists I got to work with in the Blind Boys of Alabama period, you know, from like 2001, 2004 or so. Um, then came Better Than Ezra. And to answer your question, I don't know. They, the love that I had for the many different styles of music always just loved it. I grew up on soul music, you know, jazz and hip hop when it first started. It's a completely different style of music than it is now. Um, um, I loved Irish music. I discovered that. I loved Middle Eastern music. I discovered that. I loved African music, Latin and Cuban and Brazilian music. I discovered that. And Indian music, when I discovered that, it's endless. And I would just stay in those realms because it's so foreign and fresh. But because of my love, all of those different styles of music, I would say moving, you know, wanting to try that new stuff and see what that is and what it does. And part of that music was uh, really exciting to me. But how do you do that? I can't answer that question. Within the university, just have to love it. I, I love those all styles of music. I want to see if I can. I want to see if I can do it. And uh, you know, not being raised on that stuff, I think I want to see if I can become part of that music. Well, so almost like the the challenge to yourself of. I enjoy this kind of music. I want to see if I can do it myself. That's <laughs> the, the long and short of it. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> we, you know, I, I continue to get the opportunity to do these things, you know. Yeah. And there's 
more out there that I want to do. You know, there's so many different styles of drumming and so many masters out there that you can learn from. Um, there's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot that we can all be doing, you know, music, you know, in, in general, but in sort especially artists. So it's not really just to prove to yourself that you can do it. There's also people that are wanting you to, to be successful at whatever you attempt, and they're watching you, whether you know they're watching you or not, and wow, did you see what he just pulled off? Or if he can do that, maybe he can do my stuff. You know, that from a business and career standpoint, that's what you're doing. You know, you're you're hoping, you know, you know the phrase, you know, you're only as good as your last gig. Yep. Someone is watching you oh, yeah. do what you do, and they're either liking it or they're not. And that and, and if inspired by it at all, <clears throat> they might just call you and say, "Hey, are you interested in doing what I'm doing? Because I saw you do this style." Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the pitfall sometimes is that people see you play one style of music and they assume that's all you can do, and that happens to artists all the time. They're, they're like, well, you're just, I know, I've seen you play. That's what you do. You're, you're a rock drummer. And, um, well, I know that I'm not. Yeah. But I enjoy rock a lot. I love punk music. I love rock music. You know, I appreciate metal music. You know, but I also appreciate jazz drums. And so on and so forth. So, but it, business sense of it, career sense of it, you need to always be playing like you won't get another shot tomorrow. You know, it's like you're living for today. And uh, hopefully someone will see you and be inspired by it. That's really what you're trying to do. That's why you got to play. With, that's why I play with it. I'm always overjoyed when I have an opportunity to play at all. And that's what people see, I think. I hope that they see that, you know, it makes me happy. And that, you know, when they see it, they might want to go, like, hey, what's that guy doing? Why is he so damn happy? I want some of what he's got, you know. And <laughs> yeah. that's if that's happening, and I'm like, good. Yeah. As a drummer, you want to make sure that they never stop dancing. They do. You might need to adjust. Yeah, Especially if you look at girls if they're not moving their hips or tapping their bobbing their heads or tapping their toes, and mm, I might need to like make a yeah. You are right, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a T-shirt made that says Mike loves all kinds of music. Be like Mike. Be <laughs> like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a got got a quick couple of things here before we wrap it up, sir. Uh, we talked earlier about the COVID thing, and we talked about how you kind of came to a dead stop, but then people started realizing, hey, we can still do music. We might have to wear a mask. We might have to wear sep be in separate rooms. Uh, one of the last projects that I'm aware of that you worked on, and here's another one of our connections, Miss Kelly Bresnick, the lead singer, used to be for Private Life. That's how I met her back in the 80s, and now you've worked with her recently. Yes, indeed. She's awesome. She's got a special magic and mm -hmm. energy. I think when we first met and I, you know, work, we first worked together, I think we were just like, 
both just like, wow, I really like this person. You know, this there's a great energy coming from this person, and I could that you just want to be around and you want to make music with. So, just just I was really grateful to work with them. And, She's and got the a, first project I met her was called the Sweet Potatoes. Yep, yep, I remember that too. Uh, and uh, and then after that, she called me for uh, work on her solo record. That is great. That was, I just I just tell people what a small world is. How 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 who would have ever thought that? At one time, I think we were probably all here together. You you were here. She was playing here, coming back and forth from Shreveport to the Ritz and places like that here in Dallas. I was coming here to see him from Wichita. You know, there was probably at one time we were all three here together, but we didn't know each other. And now look at where we are 30, 40 years later. I'll tell you what, man. And she, you know, she's, you know her, you, you knew about her career long before I did. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't aware of the feeling uh, connection and how deep that went, but. You know, at the end of the day, she lost a friend. You know, and uh, you know when Eddie when Eddie passed, he comes out with the, well, that's a friend. Yeah, friend, and you know, he's he was an icon and legend, super legend to all of us. He's a friend, you know. Oh no, and, I uh, I remember I remember that friendship. I I never I never was in the same room with both of them together, but I do know that he I do know that he saw. Some of the band, but her in the forefront, and he worked with her. He kind of looked at her like the Patty Smythe of Scandal, and, and and he wanted to he wanted to turn her into something, and that's why he signed her with Warner Brothers. He produced the first album. He did everything he could for him. The second album, I think, was just a contract obligation. I'm not sure, but they really tried hard. They went on tour and opened up for Van Halen one year. But you're right; they knew each other for a long time. Uh, they were all good friends, Valerie, Ed, and Kelly. Uh, the other people in the band too, but most of those three were pretty inseparable there for a while. And she was allowed access to Fifty One Fifty and work on vocals anytime she wanted to. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. They probably hadn't seen each other in a long time. They probably haven't talked to each other in a long time. But I can imagine what that was like for her. Yeah, I just send blessings and love to all of them. You know, it's he took. You know, not, he touched a lot of people, and obviously he touched a lot. Uh, did a lot for for her and. And uh, she's just got a great voice, and like I said, great, a lot of power. You're um, all the best and greatest, best. So in a roundabout way, unknowingly, we did do the Van Halen corner. Yep, it always comes back. It always, always do circles a, back around. Van Halen, every episode. Around, always comes back. <laughs> all right, Mike, I got a couple quick questions for you. We'll, we'll let you go, sir. Uh, do you have a favorite city? Oh, my God. It's the first one that pops in your head. And, you know, originally, you know, the first thing that popped in my head was Chicago. And the reason why I like Chicago is because it's been, no matter what style of music, what kind of band I've gone through Chicago with, once, once they've decided that they like, they like what you do, they've been the most consistent for the longest period of time. Over the last 30 years of touring, I could go to Chicago and just, energy and the love that we get back and you know the reciprocal energy playing shows in Chicago I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Chicago then number two question I'm sticking with Chicago number two the, yeah. the question number two do you know this person wearing the better than Ezra hoodie yes I do woohoo that's the <laughs> visit that's superstar Sandy 
I'll tell you what, there's nobody she loves seeing my, better than Michael Jerome Moore when we go see a Better Than Ezra concert. She can't wait to give you a hug and do a shot with you. You're a tequila guy, right? I've been known to do a few tequilas. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't even have to write that in my notes. All right, Mike, thank you for joining us, brother. I appreciate your time. And I loved it. I love you both, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. And you know what I figured after all these notes I took, the conversation we had, and, and the different directions it took, I think we need to do a part two. doesn't have to be anytime soon, but sometime we'll set up a part two, and we'll go into some different stuff than what we talked about today and just uh, continue this on, because some other people are probably going to be interested in what you had to say. Now they've met you for the first time. They know who you are. They're going to go out and listen to John Cale. They're going to listen to Richard Thompson. If they've never listened to Better Than Ezra, they might even try that sometimes. I hope they do. Call me anytime, man, and I'll talk your ears off. I know you will. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you hopping on and taking the time to be a part of it. So Take care. Tell your lovely wife I said hello, and hello from Sandy, too. Yes, indeed, guys. I right, appreciate buddy. you both. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. Bye. Peace. Thank you.